Hello, everybody. Welcome to Planted in God. My name is Larry Lubinsky, and I know we've been on a little bit of a hiatus. We had to deal with some family things, uh, but we're getting right back into it. And uh, you notice I'm by myself because I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit of a topic that dovetails into our Revelation study a little bit um, and is kind of more of my expertise. Um, just so you guys have a little bit of my background, I am a cloud architect by trade. So I work in the cloud computing space and I deal a lot with cutting edge and bleeding edge technologies. And so um, there's been a lot of confusion and um, everything flying around ever since uh, the beginning of March when OpenAI released their ChatGPT model to the world, right? Artificial intelligence has been like this big thing. So I wanted to take some time, talk through what artificial intelligence is and then what our response as a Christian should be to it. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, before we get into the content, make sure you like, subscribe, share, comment below. Let's get the algorithm going for this. Um, and stay tuned as Emily and I get back to the book of Revelation, and we'll see how artificial intelligence could actually dovetail into some of the events that we're going to see in the book of Revelation. So without further ado, let's get into it. So in order to make a determination as a Christian how we should respond to artificial intelligence, we need to have a level set understanding of what the core technology is that's driving it. So I'm going to break down some pretty complex uh, pieces of artificial intelligence as best as I can for the non-technically savvy. So if you are, uh, you might be able to skip over a lot of this stuff. But we're going to try and go through and break it down for the person that might not be in it day to day. So long and the short, what is artificial intelligence? Well, pulling from Microsoft's documentation on AI fundamentals, they say this, that artificial intelligence is the creation of software that imitates human behaviors and capabilities. So that's the Microsoft definition of AI, and they seem to be one of the main leaders in the space today. It includes things like machine learning which is the foundation of all AI. This is like the cornerstone of AI, the, the base piece, right? Everything is built off of machine learning in which you're teaching a computer model to make predictions and to draw conclusions. It also includes like anomaly detection. That is teaching the computer the ability to detect errors or unusual activity. Uh, Microsoft uses a thing called computer vision, which is giving the AI the ability to see the world through cameras, video, and image. And then there's this concept of knowledge mining. And this is giving the computer the ability to extract or pull out large volumes of information that uh, is usually in what's called an unstructured fashion. So you have structured data. Think of that like an Excel table, right? It's very structured and rigid. And then unstructured data is outside of that uh, documents pictures videos right it's all the other stuff that doesn't fit within rows and columns so that is the nuts and bolts of the pieces of technology that make up artificial intelligence there's another thing another piece that goes with it and that's this term that you'll hear natural language processing or nlp and this is where we get things 
like your generative AIs, your chat GPTs, your Surreys, your Googles, your Alexas, right? This is when you're teaching the computer system to analyze and interpret text and spoken language, right? So it can automatically translate or detect language. It can automatically see phrases and make decisions or actions based on commands in that natural language. It can also respond to speech with speech, right? Again, your Google Homes, your Surreys, your Alexas. These are early versions of natural language processing where you talk to it and you say, hey, Google, do X, and it does X, right? They have an awareness. There's my Google. I shouldn't have said it. But these systems usually have an awareness of the person, the individual making that command, right? So you have to go in and configure it. And so like with the Google, for example, because that's what I use, uh, I have on my device, I have to teach it my voice so it knows to only respond to me and not to someone else. But there's very base level decision making. And that is I tell it to do X, I have it pre-configured to do X, it does X, right? A great example of that is turning on my lights. I have some lights in my house that are connected to Google. I tell the Google to turn on those lights and because it's pre-configured and knows how to do that, well, it does that. Um, but with these personal assistants, what they'll do when you set them up is you give them permissions to use your personal information. And so the AI will use that personal information and generate or curate responses that are specific to you. And that is essentially your base level understanding of natural language processing. So now we get into the new buzzword and that is generative AI. What is generative AI? Well, it comes from this term generative pre-trained transformer or GPT. Right, that's the common buzzword we hear, GPT, right? Kind of is it GPT? Is it AI? Right? This is an AI model, right? So AI model, so it started at um machine learning, developed into an artificial intelligence model now that is used to understand natural language and code. Generative AI or GPT uses text prompts, simply known as inputs or prompts and provides text outputs. The prompts is how you program the GPT model, right? So you give it instructions on what you want, what task you want it to do, and then GPT will interpret that and generate a response. These are largely based off of something called a large language model or, model, or LLM. And the large language model is that underlying technology piece that AI runs on. So the long and the short, generative AI, GPT, ChatGPT, Cloud, Bard, right? These are all different companies that have their different AIs. These are algorithms, long and the short, algorithms that are used to create new content, including audio code, images, text, simulations, and video based on received inputs. I'll put links in the description box below if you would like to learn more about this, the underlying tech, but that's it. Now that we have an understanding of the core technology that makes up artificial intelligence, 
how should we as Christians respond to it? How should we look at it in light of the Bible? Well, let's take a look here. So I, as this is one of the things that I have to spend a lot of time learning, I listen to a number of podcasts that talk about artificial intelligence. And one that I recently listened to is the Lex Friedman podcast. And while I don't make it a point to uh, listen to or read the interviewee, I did on this instance because I kind of wanted to see where his head was at with, with artificial intelligence. So this was an interview between Lex Friedman and Yuval Harari. Now, I disagree with Harari on a lot of things. Like I said, I don't make it a point to listen to the guy or read his stuff. But he says some things, and we'll go through this in another video that I'm planning on the risks of artificial intelligence. But one thing that he said was very profound and revealing given the situation we're facing with artificial intelligence and really leans into the Christian response of it. He says this, Harari, uh, quoting him here, he says, the funny thing is when you look to the future, more and more entities will come out of intelligent design, not of some God above in the clouds, but of our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds, of our computing clouds. They will design more and more entities this is what is happening with AI. It is designed to be very good at forming intimate relationships with humans. In many ways, it's already doing it, doing it almost better than human beings in some situations. So Harari's comment there, it really stood out to me, especially he said the fact that more and more entities will be of our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds, our computing clouds. This really reminded me of the Tower of Babel. And I want to read that account to you. This is in Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 4 specifically. It says, Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had bricks for stone and bitmen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower with its top to the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. This is the pride of humanity on full display. I like what Charles Ryrie said about this. He says that the tower served these people as their rallying point and the symbol of their fame. I would dare to say that artificial intelligence is becoming the rallying point and symbol of our fame for this generation. Arnold Fruchtenbaum, in his commentary on the book of Genesis, says this, Here is the birth of humanism, something that is human-centered, with all the wrong motivation, motivated from pride. The motivation was, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth, this is an act of rebellion against God in violation of the Noahic covenant in Genesis 9.1 and 9.7, which was commanded them to scatter through the world. According to the rabbinic interpretation of this verse, the paraphrase the people are saying, it does not rest with God to choose the celestial sphere for himself and assign the earth for us. Let us then make war against him. Fruchtenbaum says that in his commentary on the book of Genesis, but the starting point there, you have the birth of humanism in 
the Tower of Babel, and you have the continuation of it today with artificial intelligence. It's just now mankind is not saying that the heavens, let's make wages, war against the heavens. Mankind is making war with intelligent design with God himself. This is a dangerous thing to have as your God, if you will. And then at the end of this statement that Harari made, he says that AI is designed to develop intimate relationships with humans. And this is something that we have slowly allowed and slowly been conditioned to. For example, if you go out to dinner, half of the people in the restaurant are interacting more with their phones than they are engaging in conversation with the person across from them. We have been groomed to interact with our phones over real people. And what's to say that artificial intelligence isn't any better? This is something that is is really concerning. But to us, at the end of the day, artificial intelligence is a computer program. It was developed by humans and for our use, for us to consume. We need to be cautious of allowing AI to become an idol in our lives, putting it the development above it, the usage above it, all these things above the Lord. This can go with anything else in our day and age as well, right? Can artificial intelligence be used for evil? Well, sure, but so can a phone, so can a computer, so could a hammer, right? Can it be used for good? Yes, it can. You could use artificial intelligence. If you know how to program it and talk to it, it can actually give you fairly decent results. Have we gotten to a point at which artificial intelligence can develop itself? Well, no, not yet, but there are some developers out there pushing for it. I would be concerned at that point when you allow the AI to develop AI. That to me is worrisome. We'll get into that um, later. Is artificial intelligence possessed by the devil? No. Depending on the user, it could be influenced by demonic hosts, but just like anything else. For you as the indiv individual, you need to approach artificial intelligence prayerfully and don't feel forced to use it if you're uncomfortable. If you want to use it, learn how to prompt it correctly. Learn the difference between good results and bad results and be ready to fact check it because there are some things within AI that it can generate responses that are wild. Um, while people are developing and pushing for AI, their pride is being displayed in that. And we can safely use it, but albeit prayerfully, cautiously, right? The focus for us is to not be on the AI. Don't let it be, put it on a pedestal and let it become your idol, but it, it can be a tool in the toolbox for you to use. So that's the long and the short of it with artificial intelligence. My personal professional opinion as a Christian looking at this technology, it is another tool that can be used prayerfully. Fact check it, look into it, right? Understand the technology. You know, at the end of the day, if you're looking at the developers behind it, uh, you know, are there Satanists developing it? Probably. Are there Christians developing it? Probably, right? It's like any workplace. You get a plethora of people in the workplace that have a plethora of beliefs. In and of itself, it is a computer algorithm that is being trained and taught to think a certain way. If you know how to prompt it, you know how to interact with it, you should get fairly decent results. But again, approach it prayerfully. Be cautious. 
and like any other technology or any other thing in the world, don't let it become an idol. So that's what I have for today. A little introduction on artificial intelligence. Check back next time. Um, I believe I'm going to start going through some of the risks of artificial intelligence. And we're going to go back and revisit Yuval Harari and his comments because he made some, he actually made some points that I agree with, which is very rare, let me tell you. So we'll see you next time. This is Planning in God. Uh, thanks for tuning in. See you later.